Penn State Conversations is a podcast produced by the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications. Episode topics range from the people, programs, and events that shape the Belisario College to discussing key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this episode of Penn State Conversations. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Penn State Conversations. I'm Taylor Harrington, and I'm so excited to be back here again. And this time we have an incredible Penn State professor with us. I'm really glad that an event with the Penn State Alumni Board brought us together. This episode is going to be great for students who are interested in creating their own podcast. They like listening to podcasts and are looking to level up and maybe want to get more involved in the ad PR scene at Penn State. So everyone, I'd like to introduce you to Bill Zimmerman. Oh, thank Hi, you very much, Taylor. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, it's been great to get to know you over the past few months. And yeah, once I met you, I, I was tapping you to come talk to, talk to classes and, and um, <laughs> trying to get, gain expertise from you about what's happening right now in the uh, in your world. So yeah, that's uh, this is a great example of how the alums and faculty can create these uh, really good connections that, that help the students out. Yeah, this podcast is such a perfect way for us to have a good excuse for that. So I'd love if you could just intro who you are as a human and also as a professor at Penn State. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. My name is Bill Zimmerman. I'm a lecturer in the Department of Advertising and Public Relations. I came to, to academia from kind of a weird uh, route, but, uh, you know, as you learn from a lot of faculty in the College of Comm, there's really no set way to, uh, to make it into uh, being a faculty member. But I, I went to Indiana University of Pennsylvania, which was really close to where I grew up in um, near Johnstown. Um, I went to a place, or, you know, pretty much where I grew up. If you were going to go to college, you went to, to IUP or the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. So I went to IUP, got a journalism degree, and then worked at the local newspaper there for almost a decade, doing all sorts of things, you know, writing uh, feature stories, hard news, covering township meetings, covering school boards, doing layout and design editing. Uh, so I got to do a little of a lot of different things. Eventually, I made my way to Penn State to work in the Office of Strategic Communications, worked as a first as an associate editor, writing and editing things that made it onto the Penn State News website, and then later became the social media manager. So managing all the main social media accounts that the university uses, the account blue checkmark, um, and doing that with <laughs> uh, talented that. people over in, in Old Maine. Um, and then well, when I got to Penn State, I realized that um, I was, there was also this excellent opportunity for, for full-time employees to get a tuition discount. And I jumped on that as soon as I could, uh, started taking cl uh, classes, working on a master's degree. And I ended up in the Department of Higher Education. Uh, the master's degree in higher education is a really flexible program. A lot of full-time staffers would get in that. They would go into things like fundraising, academic advising, uh, lobbying. You can take it in a lot of different directions. And while I was taking that class, or sorry, while I was working on my degree, I was able to teach a class uh, because mm. I had this background in journalism. I was able to teach news writing and reporting, which is kind of a news reporting basics class that's, that's required of practically every student in the College of Comp. So I got to teach and realized pretty quickly that I, I loved it. Um, that it was starting to feel like maybe that was the the right job for me. Like maybe it was a little bit of a calling. And I kind of made it my mission that once I got that degree, I was going to figure out a way to get a full-time teaching position. And uh, eventually uh, that it all worked out. And then <laughs> in the 
fall of 2017, I was able to start teaching in the College of Communications. So it's been a, I've been an awesome ride. Um, I really enjoyed. I've never felt more creatively alive in a job. Uh, being a faculty member is, you know, I'm a curious person, and now I get paid to be a, a curious person and explore a lot of different things. Um, you get paid to be a full-time smart person, and that's that's kind of fun. Um, so always <laughs> trying to learn and come up with different things I can um, introduce into the classroom, and that's what's been it's been cool to to talk to you and other um, young alumni out there working just to kind of figure out what's happening right now and what are the things I need to prepare my students for. Um, a little bit about me. I, I grew up in in Western Pennsylvania. I'm I you know in State College now, but I pretty much you know feel like I'm I'm, I'm from here. Like I'm a townie. I, this is still in the <laughs> WJAC uh, TV coverage area, so I grew up in that coverage area. So oh, it's yeah, very much like home. Uh, you know, uh, some of the things I like to do. I'm a cat guy. My girlfriend and I have have three cats, and uh, love them very much. Uh, and I like to run. I also uh, have kind of a, a little fun side hustle that I like to do selling vintage clothes from the 80s and 90s. So uh, yeah, I have a lot of things that I'm into. Sometimes it's a gift and a curse. I'm excited and interested in a lot of things, but sometimes it's really tough for me to focus on one thing at a time. So uh, I'm trying my I best trying to, to get better. <laughs> yeah. I have a stack of books right now trying to help me uh, uh, improve my focus, uh, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always an adventure. That's awesome. And what I love about just the way you described that is, uh, well, A, as a May 2019 grad myself, I wish that our lives had intersected sooner. I wish I had you as a professor because I think the best thing from learning from you and watching you teach, like you said, through virtual class classes this past spring, I've seen that you bring this other side to you. You bring the side that is interested in that side hustle. Um, you're not just a professor who shows up for the one lecture and leaves and you don't know anything about their outside life. You seem to really bring your whole self to the classroom. Uh, and that's even more apparent with your upcoming class on podcasting. So can you tell us a little bit about what you've got coming up this fall with your um, first year seminar on podcasting? And also for anyone who's not in it, maybe a couple of things that if they were in it, what would they learn um, so that they can kind of reap the benefits of having you on this call? Yeah, really excited to talk about it. I've, I've never taught a first year seminar class before. And in the spring, you know, the, the often email goes around and, you know, asking uh, among the faculty who's willing to take on a first year seminar. And as I've kind of gotten more comfortable being a being an instructor and, and gaining more confidence. This time I, I said, yeah, but put me down for one. And I was really excited I did that because it's been a very uh, fun and creative um, experience over the summer, really figuring out what that course is going to look like and how to flesh it out. And really, you know, the way if for anyone that may not be familiar, if, you know, first year seminar courses have to, you know, by are mandated by the university to kind of touch on certain points that's really meant to be a student's introduction to all sorts of things at Penn State, whether that's some things, student involvement, whether it's, you know, resources available like academic advising. And then, then some leeway is given to the faculty members to kind of come up with a curriculum that will help the students get introduced to all those things. Mm -hmm. um, so in the College of Comm, you know, uh, the, the faculty are coming up with all sorts of uh, really creative ideas to, to do this. And I'm calling mine the power of podcasting. So this is, uh, you know, really an extension of things I try to do in all my classes, especially a class called digital PR, is trying to figure out ways to help students uh, move on from just being passive consumers of content, um, and that's totally okay. Um, I do a lot of it in my life as well, 
But then getting, moving them from passive consumers of content to actually being content creators. And mm-hmm. this podcasting course will be kind of a crash course in that and how, you know, giving you some of the basics that if you decided to start a podcast, um, you're going to have a strong foundation at the end of this course. Now, it's also rooted in the value that a podcast holds for a brand um, that could be, you know, a, a company that we think about, but it also could be a personal brand. Um, so we're seeing more brands are launching podcasts. Um, it's a way of content marketing, something I know you're, you're very much well yeah. aware of. <laughs> Um, but brands are using this as a way to deliver value to their audience, a way to build up a, a brand affinity with people, a way to position themselves as thought leaders. Um, and, we're, and we're seeing individuals use podcasts um, to that end as well, um, using the podcast as a great means to then promote a book or to promote a, a webinar or an online you know, a workshop that you are offering. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of value um, in this podcasting experience. And also if a student just wants to start a podcast because they want to grow as a communicator or um, keep in contact with their friends from high school, you can do that too. People start podcasts for, um, for all sorts of reasons, um, but something that's going to continually be, be touched on in the course is that podcasts have a lot of va- value from a business standpoint. You know, yeah. there are, you know, the, some really encouraging statistics about podcasting that makes it very attractive to people in the world of business. You know, all the numbers are trending upward as far as, you know, more and more people listening, more and more people consuming a podcast on a weekly basis. Uh, There's actually a a yearly study that just looks at the familiarity of people with the term podcasting that continues to Mm -hmm. go, you know, across demographics. Um, research has shown that people are more uh, that people often listen to an entire podcast episode or most of a podcast episode. Um, so, so compare that to something maybe like how you uh, you know watch a YouTube video. Uh, so, so for an advertising standpoint, that podcasts look very attractive. So, this will be kind of looking at you know the state of podcasts. Um, also, then talking a lot about strategy. How do you find the best sort of idea and format that works for you? Uh, and then just some nuts and bolts type stuff on how you make a podcast. Also planning to do a, a podcasters roundtable where I'm inviting some local Ooh. podcasters to, to sit down in a Zoom call, um, field Sounds questions cool. from the students. Uh, but also we're going to record that like a podcast episode. I'm going to have a mm. student you know, be the host, introduce the guests. I'm going to have the students then ask questions. Uh, and then we're going to to package this and edit it and put it out to the public so they can they can hear these these tips so using any sort of class exercise as well as a chance to to teach podcasting best practices so i'm really excited about it and you know when i when i talk about podcasts in my class and a student messages me you know uh, uh, that day or or a few months down the line that they're thinking about starting a podcast i get so excited about the chance to, you know, to sit down with them talk about their ideas share some ideas you know follow up with an email that's full of links and, and, and encouragement and, and resources, that sort of stuff gets me really excited. And, you know, I think that's, um, there's just so much you can learn through this sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and it really comes down to uh, whatever, you know, your measurement of success is with this making money, getting a giant following, probably, you're probably mm-hmm. gonna be disappointed pretty quickly, but if you want to improve as a communicator, you just want to learn the tools and the platforms that are out there. Um, you're going to be pretty happy with the the results you see. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I wish I had that back my, my freshman year. I I took my first year seminar on entrepreneurship within Hoag, and it was incredible. So I wouldn't, as much as I love the sounds of this, I wouldn't replace that because that helped me with so much of my four year experience. But 
it's unfortunate, you know, I wish that the power of podcasting, I wish these first year seminars, you could just like rack them all up and not just take one because they are really cool in the sense that they have a different spin on calm than I think any of the other classes do. Like you said, it opens a door that first semester for students that allows you to say, okay, so I'm taking classes in calm, but what else may I want to explore? Whether that's extracurriculars, whether that's a minor or whatever. But um, I think this is going to be pretty cool, especially given that you said podcasting is becoming so popular and given everything going on right now where students, you know, may not have as many in-person classes, they may be at home, you know, if we have anyone who's listening, maybe that's not going to Penn State um, and their class situation is different. I think this is a really interesting time for students to say, how do I want to show up when I may not be walking 20 minutes to class a couple days a week? You know, that racks up to an hour plus. And how may I use that hour differently this semester? Uh, or whatever you, you know, all those extracurriculars that may be canceled, whatever it is. But I think it's a really interesting time to think back, like, how am I using my time? And one thing I love that you said was this opportunity to share your voice, this opportunity to figure out what is it you want to say about a certain topic. So we don't take that time, I don't think, in classes a lot to reflect on, hey, I just learned about this cool thing. Now, what am I going to do about it? And so a podcast lets you, if you're going to do it on your own or with a guest, say, this is this thing that's been on my mind, and now I want to talk about it for a little bit, and it's recorded, and I'm going to ship it out there in the world so that other people listen to it. Um, and I think that's some of the beauty is finding that voice and then also being able to bring it to a company. So after you graduate, maybe being able to say, hey, I found my own voice in college. This is my 20 episode podcast uh, that you can listen to about my own voice. But I really think that I could translate what I learned through that process into your own company and start you know, a podcast for them or join the team that's doing the podcast. So I think it has so many tangible outcomes that could really fit into the future of what students do in their Penn State career, but also beyond that, like you had mentioned. Uh, and because, obviously, yeah, they're showing a commitment, yeah. you know, to to putting something out there. They're showing a lot of courage in, in mm -hmm. putting it out there for public consumption. Uh, so I think, yeah, you're right. It is such a great, it would be a really good thing to have a, an arrow in your quiver, whatever you want to call it, something really good for you to point to when it's time to go to a, to a job interview. Um, it doesn't matter that your podcast maybe doesn't have a, a single review or a single rating. Um, it <laughs> yeah. still says a lot that you committed to something and, and that you put it out there and you invited feedback. Yeah. And as you know, I work at Akimbo, um, which was founded by Seth Godin. And Seth says all the time, these two questions that I always have stuck in my mind, which are, what's it for and who's it for? And so when you create a podcast, if you're thinking about what's it for, is it for me to share my voice and to get something out there in the world? Or is it for me to get all the likes or all the, you know, the reposts of whatever? And if it's not for that, if the goal is just so that you have a portfolio to say, hey, I did this, I made this, take a look, then that's one thing. So I think being really clear when you start to make that podcast about what's it for, you know, who, who are you making this for um, is a really good way to think about it. We have, as you know, at Akimbo, a number of different workshops, and one of them is called the podcasting workshop. So for anyone who is in college or is outside of college looking to do some podcasting, um, you can check out the podcastingworkshop.com for more on our workshop on it. But it's really interesting just how popular this is becoming and the beauty of it's not necessarily teaching you to be a better podcaster. It's teaching you how to ship something that you're passionate about, how 
to figure out what to say and find that, um, you know, that way you're going to say it. So I, I really love this and could go on forever, but I do want to hear about your podcast, yeah. Happy Valley Hustle. So can you tell us a little bit about why you created it, why we should listen to it and where you're going with it next? Sure. Yeah, I probably should have mentioned that earlier on. It's, it would, it would <laughs> kind of justify or give me a little you. more credibility teaching the uh, the podcasting course. That's true. Uh, but yeah, when I talk about kind of uh, tempering your expectations, sometimes on a podcast, I'm really speaking from from experience and and you know of, of how kind of putting with my own ego and putting a podcast out and wishing maybe it would be bigger than it turned out to be, um, or or that it is at the moment. But yeah, when a big reason why I started this podcast, it's called Happy Valley Hustle, and it's really focused on telling stories of entrepreneurship and innovation, or just people who really have found a, a really have made this the digital age work for them. So that's really the gist of it. I've primarily talked to people in, in the region of central Pennsylvania, uh, but I have been trying to extend myself more and talk to people with, uh, with more of a national profile. And really a big reason why I want to do this is when I started teaching, I was, I was worried about you know, being, being seen as somebody who was maybe detached um, from what was happening in the world of communications. Mm. There's an adage out there, those who can't teach, and I did not want that to apply to me. Um, I, wanted my stu- I wanted to have an added credibility to my students by still doing things, by still making things, putting out content, and also doing it poorly maybe sometimes and learning from mm. it. If I'm talking in a class um, you know, about how and encouraging them to, to be active creators of content, um, I got to show that I'm willing to put myself out there and try it and, and maybe fail or, you know, or just not, you know, it's not going to be great right off the bat. Um, so there's a lot of growth here and you have to really join, uh, enjoy the journey. Um, and instead of being so focused on, on the outcomes that you're working we towards. Could get that on, we could get that on t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the journey, yes. everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of positive actions I, I tell myself through the, through the podcasting process. Yeah. And as a journalist, I really enjoyed one-on-one interaction with people as well. I'm not a, I'm not a great person at parties, um, interacting with groups, but I feel like pretty quickly I, I can establish one-on-one rapport with people. So a, an interview-based podcast seemed right for me. Um, a podcast where I was just sitting there and I was the only person and I was giving my, my opinions on things would be really bad. Um, I'm not always great at articulating my opinions um, or speaking with a ton of confidence about things. Um, so I'm much more comfortable giving a quick introduction and interviewing somebody and pulling out these stories um, that the listener can benefit from. So I'm really, you know, I'm always focused um, on, on getting a, you know, a little bit of a mini bio of this person I'm interviewing and then really trying to drill down and figure out um, what tips they could share with my listener. And that's so, so I try to be very strategic. Um, I have a little uh, note card where I have this, you know, kind of mission you know, fleshed out about every episode. So that when I, before I do that interview, I know I need to make sure I'm getting actionable advice from this person. So it's, it's, for me, it's been really been a great experience. Probably one of the best moves I've made professionally you know, like you said, this has not made money. It's, it's lost money because you know, you're paying for <laughs> hosting and microphones and all that. But it's really paid off when it comes to um, personal branding, uh, getting opportunities. Um, that's what I've really tried to um, understand it as and, and now really encourage people to think about. When it comes to anything like this, starting a podcast, um, creating a YouTube, you know, a vlog, Think about measure your success, um, not in the number of likes or, or listens or views or downloads, 
measure success in the number of opportunities that come from that. Mm. Um, so the cool people you've been able to interview, um, it's, this is, the podcast has been excellent for networking. Um, it has gotten me invited to, to moderate discussions at, or give presentations at events like Startup Week and Global Entrepreneurship Week at Penn State. So those are opportunities that wouldn't have come about. And, you know, as in, in not going to, you know, it, it's true, you know, faculty members need to be worried about their personal brand. And, you know, and I would have just been maybe just another face in the college if I didn't have this kind of thing that made me a little unique uh, among my peers, that I was doing a podcast, that I was actively working on this and making content. So this, you know, yeah, I can't stress enough that when you're trying to do any sort of venture like this, um, that you really don't look at those vanity metrics, but you look at uh, getting true return on investment. And it's not always money. Um, it's not always those things that uh, maybe on, on the surface make us feel the, the best, um, but just, mm -hmm. you know, open your eyes that there are different ways that, su that success can show itself. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think it really reinforces this idea that how do you uh, approach something like this? You know, if someone comes into your, you know, power of podcasting first year seminar, at least for me, when I went into my entrepreneurship one, I was like, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. Why am I taking this? There were only a few, you know, different sections left. And I was like, ah, sounds kind of interesting. Like, I like the entrepreneurial mindset, but like, I'm not sure I'm going to start my own business one day. So if someone comes into the power of podcasting and they're like, you know what, it sounds kind of interesting, but I'm not sure my full-time job is going to be a podcaster. I think reinforcing what you just said of like, that's okay. It doesn't have to be. It can be your side thing. It can be the thing that lights you up outside of work. Um, it could be the thing that kind of complements your work. And I, I think that's really important to reinforce as kids are listening to this of like, this is this can be something that complements what you're doing in school. I know my brother has some friends and they do this um, podcast with like four or five of them. And they talk about sports. They're all sports marketing majors. And it's like a fun thing where they all get online and here they are in a video chat recording this podcast. And it actually doesn't even go anywhere. They don't even post it, but they record it and then edit it. And maybe one day the episodes will come out. But I think that just reinforces the fact that they're what's it for is to just get their voice out there to say something about what they're listening to right now and have this log. And that may not be everyone's. You know, some people may want to ship it and put it out into the public. But I think one thing that I've struggled with during my college career is when to say it's done. Like whenever I'm working on a project, whatever it is, I had my own Etsy business while I was at school. And I remember I was trying to figure out like, when do I ship this thing? I had all these necklaces that I wanted to sell. I wanted to create my website so it looked pretty. And I wanted to start getting my customers, get an Instagram up, up and running. And once I finally had all those things, I shipped it. But it was like, I wanted to make sure everything was perfect. And I held on for it a little too long and I probably lost sales because of that. So when you think about these students that might be coming into your upcoming class or students who might be listening or young alumni who might be listening, thinking about creating that podcast, what would you give them as advice to have them just ship that, that podcast without trying to perfect it that first episode or those first few episodes? How did you manage that? Yeah, sure. You know, I think it really comes down to being being a little okay with uh, with imperfection. Something that's probably mm -hmm. uh, something we should think about more in all areas of, of our lives. Uh, but real quick, before I answer, that, I want to go back to what you were talking about of the the benefits yeah. that come from a class from this. Even if you don't decide to do a podcast, you know this this is going to uh, you know I you may not want to ever make a con a podcast, but you may enjoy listening to them. So I'm going to yes. you know, do my best to open them their eyes up to podcasts that can help them when it comes to personal and professional development. You're also going to be a more savvy podcast listener. 
So you may you know, hear a podcast from somebody um, who's maybe in that, that guru thought leader type space. Mm-hmm. And you may take this course and realize, um, oh, wow, I, I'm hearing their episodes. I signed up for their email and I'm seeing how they're trying to move me down a sales funnel. You know, the, how I can you know, see how each thing is very calculated that they're doing and what they yeah. mentioned at the beginning at the end and, and the messaging that they use in their post if they you know, tease it on Twitter and, and what they're saying in an email newsletter. And there's a lot of power in that as well for somebody who wants to work in communications. I take a deep breath after that. I get excited about this stuff. No, that was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now what (laughs) would you tell those people who were like, do I ship this thing or do I keep perfecting it? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's tough because you want to strike that balance. And and part of what made podcasts, um, you know, popular is sometimes that there is a little bit of a, there's less polish. Um, really, there's they're polished, but it's more calculated. You know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. there's a lack of polish, but it's calculated. If that makes any sense. But but people like that it feels a little bit more loose, especially when you listen to a podcast that maybe has where the hosts really have a, a, a great uh, chemistry with each other, mm-hmm. um, and it becomes enjoyable to listen to. Um, so I think you know I think it, it filled a gap. The interview podcasts have kind of filled a gap sometimes that maybe we think is maybe missing when we see um, an interview on TV. You know, I think about how, um, you know, when a new movie comes out um, and how the stars are often have to, you know, make the rounds of the media and a lot of the, the interviews are, are pretty lifeless. Whereas then that, that same person may sit down to a po- on a podcast interview with maybe someone like, like Joe Rogan um, or, you know, the, the Chris Hardwick and, get, mm-hmm. and talk for an hour and a half and it's a really enlightening interview. Um, so I think, you know, that's, um, that's one of the things here that, that a podcast doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. Um, and a lot of that, you realize that when you do an interview podcast and maybe you, um, you sketch out a bunch of interviews and then, or a bunch of questions, and then you start talking and you deviate from that because the conversation goes in different directions. Um, so they really, they require flexibility. Um, it's okay if there's some rough edges, but also you wouldn't want to put out a, uh, uh, a final product that has a, you know, somebody's dog is just goes on a barking fit. <laughs> Yeah, your your heavy coffee mug like I just did on an interview the other day. If I would just left that in there, you know, and been bursting people's eardrums because this thing dropped right by the microphone, that would have been pretty unprofessional. So that stuff, you know, there's really there's never an excuse for leaving in that that crappy stuff or leaving in dead air uh, or anything like that. Um, but it is a little okay if, you know, there's there's been episodes where I've mispronounced somebody's name and they corrected me and I left that in because that that, that, that was uh, authentic and that's what happened. And I mm-hmm. should have done, I should have asked him before I started recording. Um, <laughs> so that, you know, I left that in there. So I guess there's, there's really kind of this fine line between being, being kind of real, um, being a little rough around the edges, but then, but also still respecting your listeners enough um, to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and packaging things in a way that's still enjoyable, you know, for them to listen so I think that's really, you know, if you're, if you're hung up on maybe you're worried about what people are going to say, or you're, you're worried that, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to listen to this and people are going to make fun of how many times I said, uh, and, um, you know, then, then maybe just kind of, you know, you need to fight through that. Um, but if you're, you um, are feeling nervous because you didn't do any editing whatsoever, then yeah, you probably should feel a little nervous and you probably should take a step back and take a little time, you know, um, smoothing yeah. it out before you release it. Um, so I think that's really, you know, um, be okay. It's not going to be perfect. Um, do an, do an exercise, take your most favorite podcast and listen to the very first episode and see how it sounds. Mm. Guarantee that person has probably grown as an interviewer. They've probably really improved. They probably really found their voice. 
They may have totally dismantled the format of their show and um, changed it through the years. So this is not mm -hmm. something that has to be exactly set in stone. That once you start it out, you have to continue it exactly like you started it. Um, so just kind of be easy with yourself and really approach this as an experiment. You can play around with different formats, play around with the, you know, search for the, I've been trying to search for the ideal length to my podcast. Right now, I think it's between 30 and 40 minutes. Sometimes I've had episodes that go beyond an hour. And I think, you know, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I should have pulled back. <laughs> Got to be yeah. a really compelling interview for it to expect the listener to hang on for that long. So yeah, just really embrace it um, as trial and error. Um, but don't, but be careful not to put, ever put out anything that's a little too sloppy that it could really turn people away. Mm. Does that make yeah, sense? I, I think it, I, yeah, I, I, no, it's, it's in my head, but I'm not sure if I'm getting it out there. No, that was awesome. Yeah. And I think that sweet spot of 30 to 40 minutes for me is, is great as well. I think to myself, when I was at Penn State, uh, I was a huge podcast listener, still am, but at Penn State, that's where I found my love. Uh, and for me to go from my West College house over by the Met, <laughs> all the way to the business building for my entrepreneurship classes, that was my like ideal podcast length was if I could get there and back and finish an episode. So like get halfway there, you know, get halfway through the episode. Well, I get all the way there <laughs> through the episode. And then, you know, when I came back, but I think yeah, some it's, people it's, it's the length of a run or the length of a workout. Yeah. 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 And cause I think once, yeah, once you're done listening to it, like if you, if you get to your destination, it's like, ah, am I going to go back? But if you're so ingrained in the middle of the episode, it's like, yeah, man, I'm going to go back at the end of this. Um, it's funny. I, I, like I said, now at Akimbo, we have all these alumni from our workshops and two of them in particular, Jen and Pete, uh, took the all MBA or flagship and then went on to create a podcast together. And it's called The Long and the Short of It. And it is one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Every time I talk to Penn State students, I'm like, you need to listen to this podcast because it's about 15 to 20 minutes each episode. And they have one episode in particular on resumes and how we should throw resumes out the door, the, the traditional resume. And they're just really um, tangible riffs on what's going on in the world. So whether it's uncertainty or... Uh, whether it's empathy, whatever the topic is, it's just Jen and Pete talking and they sound like great friends. It feels like I'm with them when I'm listening. And it's, it's like, when I hear that, I think, man, they got it down so good. And they joked the other day on one of the podcast episodes, if you ever think that we've got this done good, like, well, like you need to go back to episode number one, because our podcast was completely different. And so I think embracing that that's going to change. And like you said, embrace the journey that like, it's not going to always be the same is really, really important and helpful feedback. I think uh, I, I was just listening to Brene Brown's new podcast, but she's been on many podcasts before, but she just came out with one called Unlocking Us, I believe. And so I was listening to the episodes. There's two episodes on Little Fires Everywhere, which is now a big Hulu or uh, HBO sensation. Hulu, I think. And um, it was a book uh, by Celeste before that. But anyways, so they had these guests on there and it was so authentic the way that Brene was explaining her favorite parts of the book because she didn't have every page tabbed and she wasn't reading every single page. But instead she did her research enough that she could just say, Ooh, she just like Celeste, the author just said that, how do I tell her, you know, the next thing without being too rehearsed. And I think that's when, you know, you are rehearsed in a good way. Like you're prepared that, you know, the book so well, or, you know, the content so well that it's just one step ahead of 
that author, that person that you're interviewing, that you know, okay, I can, I can free ball it without having the exact quote because they'll know what I'm talking about and they'll be able to explain it better to the listeners than I will. So I really love the way she handles that with a lot of charm without it feeling unprepared, but instead it feels more prepared. Um, yeah, I, think, but anyway, I think that's a thing yeah. where, where you see the, the true mark of a pro sometimes is how they handle those situations where maybe they, they get something wrong or they misremember yeah. something or, you know, and, and, and how they're not just totally deflated from it and um, they apologize and move on or, or explain themselves. And, and yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the advice out there too is, um, you know, moving away from starting an interview with 20 questions and then maybe, yeah. but maybe you just start with five bullet points that you want to make sure that you, you, you cover. And then you, then already you're starting to, it's starting to sound a little more freewheeling of a conversation, but yet you yeah. still have a structure. I love that idea. I haven't, I haven't heard anyone do that yet, but that's very, very cool. Uh, okay. Before we wrap this up, I do want to talk about Calm Agency. So if anyone isn't listening, Calm Agency is an incredible opportunity for you to get involved with at Penn State if you're a student geared towards mostly ad PR students, but there's also some media roles, I believe. So if you could talk a little bit about that. And I know that Com Agency is moving into the new Belisario Media Center, which I'm extremely jealous about, but I got a hard hat tour back in February, 2020, when I went to visit as a part of the alumni board. So I already know it's gonna be incredible and I'm just extremely jealous, but- Yeah, you unfortunately tell we've been yeah. delayed when we're gonna get to go in there. It was supposed yeah. to be- uh, I know, I know. Crossed the spring. Fingers crossed. Well, for when students are able to go in there, can you tell us a little bit about what they may expect for Com Agency to then be in there, and also what Com Agency is all about and how you're involved in it? Sure. And I just want to say, you know, overall, I think the 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 College of Communications, um, the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications mm -hmm. at Penn State, get the whole name in there, uh, is really forward thinking in a lot of these areas of providing practical expertise to our students. You mean you talked about getting the, your entrepreneurship minor. Yeah. Um, my colleague Jenna Spinelli is teaching a one credit course on the gig economy. Um, in the oh fall. my God! So, how cool! You know, so there's where you know the the college, uh, the university as a whole, and our college especially is doing a good job of trying to focus on how to prepare students for um, for really a, a, an ever changing work work. Uh, workplace, you know, with it's mm -hmm. becoming more virtual, that's having a lot of, uh, with there are a lot of freelance opportunities and there can be good and bad with that. Uh, but we need to do whatever we can to help prepare students to be ready to work within that new system. And in Com Agency is really a great opportunity where we're able to give students in the College of Com the chance to get paid work experience working with campus clients. So they could be doing video production, could be doing photography, um, live streaming. And in my case, mm -hmm. I oversee the social media division. So it's been a, it, it's a really cool opportunity. And just one of those things that I think really shows how, um, you know, how progressive the university is in, in preparing our students and making sure that they're coming out with, with portfolio material and they're getting a sense of how to work with a client and, and navigating what can be challenging about that. So, so yeah, I, I oversee the social media team. They have worked with clients like the, the College of, of Education, helping them launch a, an Instagram, uh, working oh, wow, with cool. uh, you know, the law school, um, the Smill Center for the Business of Sustainability. You know, and, and the students are, are getting good experiences, getting the chance to um, build things and, show, you know, and make uh, infographics and, and uh, you know, write stories and come up with creative ways to promote content. You know, it's been very challenging, you know, with COVID because, you know, we prided ourselves in, 
giving the students a chance to have a lot of face-to-face -face interaction with their clients. And so unfortunately yeah. in March that had to all go virtually, virtual and in the, in the fall we'll be doing things virtually as well. So that, and, and obviously with some of the, um, the economic issues, some of our clients have not been able to, uh, uh, to re-up with us in the, in the fall because of some of the budget constrictions they are facing. Uh, but mm -hmm. we're, we're rolling with the punches and we're figuring out um, different ways uh, to connect with clients. You know, we're, we're, so it's, um, you know, anybody at the university, whether it's at the college level, uh, the unit level, whether it's a student org, um, we, we can help them. And in, in our case, it's, it's coming up with social media strategies, it's making content and it may even be actually um, us managing your social media accounts. So uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's just one of many things that the college offers. And there are also things like Happy Valley Communications, uh, you know, Valley Magazine, yeah. Daily Collegian. You know, there are, there are a lot of ways that students can get that portfolio material. And that is, that is so critical. It's, it's uh, you know, in college, college comm students grasp this, um, but you know, you always need to keep in mind that you need to be taking, making the most of this time. You don't want to run yourself into the ground, mm -hmm. but at the same token, you want to be gaining some experiences. And with that, you may learn that you absolutely hate writing and you don't want to do yeah. that, um, but you love the <laughs> right. video production because you were, yeah. you know, you tried writing for her campus for a, for a semester just to see if you liked it. You know, so I think it's, it's so critical to, to try some different things. Um, but also not, don't pack it in too early either. And I see this with podcasts a lot, you know, where a student may start a podcast and wrap it up after a month. Um, try to commit to doing one a week, one a month, and just stick it out for a year, something, um, you know, mm -hmm. because that's when you're really going to get kind of the best benefit and really going to get a true representation of whether this is something you should uh, continue with. Um, it's going to be a learning experience, but don't just pack it up too quickly. Yeah, that's, that's awesome advice. And I think it makes me think a little bit back to my experience. One thing I would shout out is the ad club with Ken, Yed, Ken Yednock. Uh, yeah. It is an incredible experience for ad PR students and any students who, students who are interested in media as well, uh, where you're able to really make an ad campaign in the course of a semester. And I don't know what that's going to look like this year, given everything going on. But when I did it, it was a very, very cool experience. And I think those like you said, College of Comm does such a good a job at providing not only the opportunities within the College of Comm for that extra experience that'll round you out uh, so that you're not just getting that ad degree, but instead you're getting exposed to all of these different things. But it also does a good job at shouting out the other colleges and what else is available on campus too, which I think is a really cool thing. Like I said, with the entrepreneurship minor, I then went on to go and do my entrepreneurship minor through SMEAL, which you can do one through a few different colleges, including Com. Um, but it was a really cool way for me to get some business perspective that I didn't have prior to taking that course. And it also makes me think about the Launchbox, um, the Happy Valley Launchbox, which again, my freshman year when I was in my first year seminar with entrepreneurship, we were talking a lot about the Launchbox, Launchbox and visited a couple of times. and. That is basically a place where student organizations, uh, student-run companies, I guess is the better way to put it, are happening. That's where they're starting. There's a select number of students that get to start their businesses there for, I think, a year and stay there rent-free and get those off the ground. And so as you're talking about, you know, with Com Agency, that's such a great way for students to get that practical experience of working with clients. And so... I don't know if what's going on with Launchbox this upcoming fall, but if anyone also wants to check out what they're up to, what I did my freshman, no, actually sophomore year was I just contacted one of the teams there and I was like, hey, I'm interested in social media. I want to do marketing one day. 
and like you guys are a two person team and you're both engineers working on this and haven't started your marketing yet. Any chance you want me to do this for free for like a couple of months and I just get some experience under my belt, you get, you know, a baseline of what social media pages might look like for you guys. And so they said, yes, of course. And so I ended up working with them for a few months, but that's another cool way. Like while people are remote, that's something that like I didn't have to go in person for. So getting creative, like you said, in that free time of what are those things with comm agency, it's such a cool way to get that experience digitally because the reality is if you go to work at an ad or a PR agency after school, likely those companies won't be seeing clients like they used to for a long time. So, you know, we're learning how to work with people remotely, I think is just going to be a really interesting uh, learning that's coming from this year that students are being exposed to before they graduate. Yeah, well, the lunchbox is yeah. great, you know, and that was that's another, you know, opportunity that came about by doing more of a podcast focused on entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, getting to know people better at the launch box. I do um, in normal times, I'm doing almost all my podcast interviews at the launch box and they're still carrying out oh, their cool. mission virtually right now. And like you said, um, a lot of these teams um, and they include, you know, um, student founders as well as community members and even faculty mm -hmm. who have ideas are trying to get off the ground. Um, they're often run by some very brilliant people who aren't super communication savvy. So they, they need those perspectives of somebody even um, who, like you said, could help with social media or even just somebody who would help, could help them make a more coherent uh, slide deck, you know, yeah. or help them actually explain what they're doing in more plain language. Uh, so lots of opportunities at the launch box to, to help people with ideas and students who have their own entrepreneurial ideas of their own um, can apply and be uh, in, you know, potentially be a cohort at the launch box. Um, that includes mentorship. It can include uh, you know, uh, money for customer discovery. That's a pretty pretty amazing place. And they're also going to be moving into a uh, a new facility here soon. No and, way! Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! If it's going to be cooler than what community, they have, the James Building, they will be going into that. Oh, that right wow. now is a big crater in the earth, um, and that will eventually <laughs> be be, uh, be their new home. So. Yeah, that's wow. another one of these things. It's just a, a really positive development at the university when it comes to entrepreneurship and economic development. Yeah, wow. I'm so jealous. That is very, very cool. I feel like everything cool is going to happen after I'm gone, but I feel like makes, huh? that's what everyone says, right? <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is awesome. And I just want to shout out if anyone listening wants to check out Bill's work and his podcast, you can go to billzhustle.com. Is there anything else you want to add before we drop off or is that yeah, the best check out happy really? valley hustle and, and, and please yeah. feel free to email me it's wfz1 at psu.edu if you want to talk about podcasting i get excited talking about it um would love to to hop on a zoom call with anybody um and talk about how this is something that could really help them and if even even if you never decide to make a podcast still a great way of uh, personal and professional development just to get yourself on a steady routine of of think of hearing you know helpful information like this so yeah thanks a lot taylor for the opportunity um there was a part of me wondering what the heck i had to do to get featured on this podcast you know it's gonna say hey i've been a podcast since 2018 can i maybe be featured on the college's uh podcast i'm so really happy oh that God. it's happening now so thanks yeah it was such a pleasure and this episode is so great for anyone who's considering a podcast loves listening to podcasts or wants to get more involved in the college scene you gave them such great tangible takeaways so thank you yeah, so much be happy to talk about comm agency too um, um, with anyone whether it's a potential client yeah. or a student who wants to get involved in the future
Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening and I will see you next time on an episode of Penn State Conversations. Thank you for listening to this episode of Penn State Conversations. For more information about the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications, including the latest news and upcoming events, visit belisario.psu.edu or find us on social media at PSU Belisario on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.